What's up, Rockers? It's Phil Lewis from LA Guns, and you're listening to the Thunder Underground. Turn it up! Welcome to episode 376 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here as always. As you heard right there in that opening, Phil Lewis of LA Guns is back on the podcast. Very happy to be able to talk to Phil again about LA Guns' brand new album, Black Diamonds, that comes out this Friday. Phil Lewis was on here. Man, it's been over four years ago now. Half the existence of this podcast, nearly. Or, yeah, actually, over half the existence of this podcast ago. Because we're coming up here in about a month. On the eighth year anniversary of this podcast, Phil Lewis was on here with Tracy Guns. At the very end, it was in December of 2018. And here we are in the springtime of 2023. That's just wild. How fast time flies. But so happy that Phil has made his way back here on the podcast. We're going to talk to him about this brand new album and all kinds of other stuff. So before we jump into that, I need to let you know who we're sponsored by. That would be DEB Concerts, concert promoter based right here in the Tulsa area, who has brought tons of great acts to our area here in downtown Tulsa. Bands like Saxon, Last in Line, L.A. Guns, Tom Kiefer, Buck Cherry, Lita Ford, even stuff to the arena down here at the BOK Center in Tulsa, like Lamb of God, Megadeth, Ice Cube, Snoop D.O.W.G., and so much more. DEB Concerts also books the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma every year. This year, of course, is no exception. The lineup for Rocklahoma was announced a few weeks ago. And the DEB-sponsored Roadhouse stage features four nights, four days of action. Starting with the Thursday night pre-party, which takes place on the Roadhouse stage. That will be headlined by Warrant. Couple members of that band have been on this podcast before. The other three nights will be headlined by Buck Cherry. Josh Todd has been on this podcast before. Kicks, one of the greatest live bands you'll ever see. And every member of that band has been on this podcast, all at once, of course, but. And finally, Skid Row. No one from Skid Row has been on this podcast, unfortunately, but I'm guessing that will change one day. LA Guns will also be on that stage as well enough with saying who's been on this podcast deb concerts on twitter and facebook is at deb concerts follow them on the social so you don't miss any updates on upcoming stuff we of course keep you updated here as well and we appreciate deb concerts for everything they do sunset tattoo a tattoo shop located in midtown tulsa their tattoos are done good and proper they're state licensed and they are mother approved 25 plus years of experience from Jason Thompson and you can see a collection of the Sunset Tattoo work on their socials. Facebook and Instagram are both Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Tons of great styles that they specialize in. I've had tattoo work done by Jason Thompson. I love it. I know many other people that have as well and I'm sure I will again here in the near future. And hopefully you will too. So if you give Sunset Tattoo a call or a message, you can set up a time to go in there, sit down and talk about what work you're looking to have done. They also accept walk-ins. So drop by Sunset Tattoo 
and tell him you heard about him on Thunder Underground. Finally, we've got Med Farm, a dispensary located in Broken Air, Oklahoma, 24683 East Highway 51. They're right off the highway, right past Onita Road. Can't miss them. They've got a drive-thru, which is a great convenient thing that many dispensaries don't have. If you call or text your order ahead of time, you can zip right through that drive-thru and be on your way. You can also check out their large selection at leafly.com. You can go in anytime and talk to one of their many knowledgeable staff. They are cannabis with a cause. That means 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters. Such an amazing cause. Nearly a third of their pro- proceeds at all times are going to help out animals and build no-kill animal shelters. Also, follow them on our socials. MedFarm, that's P-H-A-R-M on Facebook. MedFarm OK on Instagram. The website is MedFarmOK.com. And if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order. You can't beat that. So drop by MedFarm and tell them you heard about them on Thunder Underground. All right, I'm going to talk to Phil Lewis here, who is the vocalist of L.A. Guns. The original vocalist, and I'm glad he's back now. He's been back now for over six years. I believe it was mid-2017, if I remember right. Could have been 2016, but I think it was sometime in 2017 when he returned. And joined back up with Tracy Guns. And as he kind of mentions here in the, the podcast, in this interview, when I, I brought up, you know, working with Johnny Martin and Ace Von Johnson, he talked about it. He's like, well, I actually joined Johnny's band, which I thought was a cool way to put it because Johnny was already in L.A. Guns with Tracy Guns at that point. Whenever Phil came back. But it's the way it should be, you know, as we know. Tracy Guns is a phenomenal, virtuoso, amazing guitarist that everybody knows that, but I still feel he doesn't get the, guess he doesn't get the high praise that he should deserves whenever you hear people talking about amazing guitarists, because he does it in the way, he's not a blues guitarist, but he does it in the way a guy like that does it, where it's kind of sometimes understated, where it's not your virtuoso kind of you know, shredding and, you know, he's done that stuff as well, but it's just more of a melodic based kind of sense, you know, where it's just the point is here. Phil Lewis is back and him, Phil Lewis's voice and Tracy Gunn's guitar and their writing together just kind of goes together, obviously, and it needs to be together. And they're now back and they've released, this will be the fourth studio album they've released since Phil's came back six years ago or less, which is just amazing in this day and age, especially for a band from that era or a band that's at least, you know, well over 35 years old for a band that the majority of bands from that time period or even older or even bands from that debut in the 90s or whatever, a lot of them rely on nostalgia, which is fine. You know, you earn that, right? You came out, you had some hits, had a few albums, you know, 20, 30 years later, why not go out there and just reap the benefit of that and play great shows with the hits to people, you know, and that's what LA Guns does, but they also throw in the new stuff. And I mean, the output of four albums over the span of 
six years from any artist isn't amazing. But for a band like that, I said to do that, I think is just, it's just great. And the fact that they're doing it and it's not just whipping shit out for no reason. Kind of like I talked about with Revolution Saints last week, they're putting out albums and their quality. You're getting all killer, no filler. And this new album is no exception. And it's got a lot more diversity kind of in the styles throughout it than the recent L.A. Guns albums, or even old ones, I think. You know, it's several songs that me and Phil talk about here coming up. They've already released a few singles that you can check out if you haven't heard them here before the album drops this Friday. One of the singles is the ballad that they released a video for called Diamonds. You need to check this out because it's an all-time, I'm I'm just going to say it right here, I think it's an all-time great L.A. Gun song. I'm talking if you told me make a top 10, maybe even a top 5, but definitely a top 10 all-time in my opinion. I think my favorite L.A. Gun song of all time is Over the Edge, and I just, I've always appreciated not just ballads, you know, those mid-tempo, the, you know, the more kind of, there's more passion from some artists just when you hear it, you know, kind of, I've spoke about that many times, and I think Zach Wilde is, when it comes to Black Label or just any of his work, when Zach Wilde does a ballad or does a slower song with piano work and his guitar, that's when he shines the brightest. Even though most people, you think of Zach, you think of Shredding, you think of the stuff with Ozzy, you think of all the heavy black label stuff. But to me, it's like the Book of Shadows stuff. Both of those, Pride and Glory, all the BLS ballads, that's where he shines. And I you know, I don't want to, you know, say that L.A. Guns just shines there. They shine all over the place. I mean, they wouldn't still be here 35 years later if they weren't. But just, you know, to my ears, I love stuff like, you, you know, the ballads because it just, you really get to hear the beauty of Phil's voice with the heavier stuff you do as well, but... It's just, you know, there's just something, you know, to that to me. And, you know, the the solo for Diamonds from Tracy is kind of like I talked about earlier. It's just one of those great kind of brooding melodic solos that personally I freaking love. So anyway, there's so much great stuff on here. Phil talks about it. He talks about who wrote a lot of these songs and how they came together. All kinds of great stuff. So let's jump into it. Here's Phil Lewis of L.A. Guns. singles out so far how would you describe this album as a whole to a listener comes out um april 17th it's uh it, it's it's a good fucking record you know it was um it's it's a very varied record you know it uh it's it, it it's 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 metal it's power pop it's it's a uh, gut-wrenching uh, unapologetic 
80s um, ballad we threw in there. Um, and um, just, just it makes for an interesting record. I mean, it, it certainly it's a lot more fun to do something that varied than it is to do something more one-dimensional, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, and for me personally, when I hear it, I can hear how live it is, and 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 just just the um, there's a there was chemistry, uh, a lot of chemistry on 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 recording this, uh, and uh, you normally you know that goes without saying, but the record that we did before, uh, it was called uh, Check It Past, um, that was during the pandemic. And and we recorded a whole album without being in a room with each other once. <laughs> it was all recorded at home, at file exchange, and and layered, and then send it back and and compiled. And under the circumstances, uh, it sounded all right. I mean, not bad, um, but a little a little um, bloodless, perhaps. I don't know. But this one was just just the op total opposite we'd all got together it was post pandemic we all had great you know ideas there was a lot of uh, energy you know we were so happy to get out and back on the road um and 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 so much so uh, that we were actually recording on our tour bus um on on days off or if we had a, a bit of time and and that was just something Something we haven't done such a long time, and it, it, it it's great. I felt like I was in in a in a young band again. It, like there was there was there was a hunger to it, and and um, and as I said, just you know the complete opposite of sitting at home on your laptop and interface uh, for the record before that. So for me, um, that this has got a much much better vibe. Um, but you know, there's some you know. Uh, melancholic moments on it too uh as i said you know it's not just you know one dimension there's all kinds of stuff all it's all over the place um i i don't can't put a finger on us you really can't you right. know and, and 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 i don't want i don't i don't want people to i want i want to be that way um and and to to put something like something really really heavy like the opening track you betray and then um mid-album something like crying which sounds like cheap trick meets enough and, and it, you, you know it's kind of like that donny v beatlesy vibe and uh, yeah just to prove yeah we we can do that too yeah crying is actually one of the songs i wanted to bring up because that sounded like something you wrote it sounds like your influence is more on it than the other guys am i yeah. right yeah yeah. yeah, beautiful. It's it's a great song, isn't it? Just a simple three minute, just like yeah, just verse, chorus, and uh, just up. Uh, actually, I, I credit goes to Johnny Martin for bringing that one. Um, it, it's it's he brought a couple in, and as did Ace Ace Von Johnson. Um, uh, so it, it's 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 democratic. I mean, Tracy's like the main guy, you know, he's the nucleus of it, but. He's by no means like a, a, a dictator. He's just like if you got a good song, a good song's a good song. Um, he's got plenty, but he's always up for other people's, well, other band members anyway. And so yeah, so everyone's happy on it. You know, if it's it, it, it's a happy record. 
even though it's got quite dark moments. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, one of the other songs I wanted to mention was Gonna Lose. Because that, I mean, yeah. you always hear some kind of, you could hear some Jimmy Page coming from Tracy throughout the years, but you don't hear Robert Plant coming from you. But in the chorus of that song, it sounds like you're channel you're both channeling some Led Zeppelin. Am I right? And is that an intentional kind of homage type thing or big time? Absolutely. Okay. No, I I'll be honest, you know, I I I didn't think I could do that. You know, that is when I, you know, first when that was being put together, um, and 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 that was like the direction the course was going in. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, that is so incredibly high. And um, I record my vocals with Mitch Davis, who's involved, who collaborates with us in the writing as well. And uh, I'd been in the studio, it was like a Thursday, and I'd been in there all day and we'd been working on two or three, I think we were like crying and we'd done diamonds as well. So I was a bit, bit burnt, a bit tired, but I, I said, well, just let, he said, you know, let's just have a listen to it before the end of the day. and. Uh, see see what we're dealing with so that came up and yeah i could sing the verse all right it was okay and then that chorus came and i was i i, I couldn't get anywhere anywhere fucking near it i mean it was just like it it, it may as well have been a dog whistle uh <laughs> it was and i was like oh shit you know what are we going to do should we gonna gonna rewrite the part you know we'll write something so it's a bit lower more of a Rod Stewart kind of a thing, you know. We it wasn't the end of the world, but um, I, I just said, look, leave, let, let me just sleep on it. Like I just think about it for the night, and and uh, we'll have a stab at it first thing tomorrow, the following day, the Friday. Uh, where I went in and I nailed it. I nailed it, and and it wasn't, you know, by no means first take. Uh, there was, you know, it took a while to compile a really really good version. So I'm honestly reluctant to ever do that song live. Uh, but, you know, muscle memory, you know, you do it a few times. Maybe I could do it, but I, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of Mitch for, for, for coaching me through that. And, yeah, it's, 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 it is. a Because Trace, Trace has always been um, Jimmy Page. But I've never, I was always Rod Stewart, you know, never really that pagey thing. Um, and so for me to actually uh, ascend to those heights, I felt good about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially this long into your career, you know, it's impressive. And he's been incredibly complimentary about my work on the record, and and um, you know, he we're, we're both simultaneously doing interviews and 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 just just you know raving about how happy we are doing what we do and 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 being in LA Guns. Well, you mentioned Ace and Johnny, like how it's been, you know, what, a few albums now that you guys have done since you got back together with Tracy. Like yeah. talk about them too and what they've kind of brought to the oh, band. Well, to... Yeah. I'll talk about Johnny, Johnny Martin first. Um, and, and technically I joined Johnny's band. Um, when I agreed to do the reunion, Johnny and Tracy had been working on projects together. Um, and, and, and it, he was already in Tracy's band. Um, and I could see why, because he's just such a phenomenal bass player uh, and all round good egg. He's a good guy, officer material. Um, just um, 
it was it, it was great for for Tracy to have somebody like Johnny on board, uh, who's is very inspiring, you know, because it's it just is energy, it's tremendous energy. He's really talented, and, uh, but he's he's just he's he's never down. He's never dull. He's never like oh let's just do this. It's always always on on ten, and that's great to be around. Um, and and that's very much his his riding style you know he's he's bright he's poppy um it's it, it, not too serious um and and uh, i think it very very much comes across in his music so yeah so um and just ultimate respect for johnny martin um and uh, for ace i always wanted ace in in the band and and i had to wait a while because he was doing stuff. He was uh, in, involved with another project, and uh, the time just wasn't right. Uh, and then the the planets lined up, and we got him. Uh, that was, I was so happy that day. He he brings in a, a real cool um, street punk rock element to it, um, a bit 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 thrashier. You know, Tracy's become such a virtuoso. Um, I remember Tracy being thrashy like Ace in the early days. Um, so so it's good to have, like, the master and the disciple, um, <laughs> you know, uh, on, in, the, uh, in the guitar department. And, yeah, the, 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 it's, it's, I know Ace is happy with it. It's definitely got to be a challenge for him. Uh, I wouldn't. I would dream of picking up a guitar uh, next to Tracy Guns. <laughs> you kidding? <laughs> no way. I mean, acoustic, yeah, we'll play acoustics together. But no, in terms of like like jamming electric, no way, no way. I'll pass on that. <laughs> but yeah, um, and and his stuff is is uh, as I said, punky. But you know, he's 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 got that. Um, his his uh, one of his earlier influences. He likes that Thin Lizzy. He's got that shuffly thing going with the twin guitars, and and he wrote he brought in uh, like a drug, okay. which uh, is 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 very Thin Lizzy ish, isn't it? Uh, and and yeah, just just a great um, solid uh, power rock song. So yeah, it's 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 uh, they've they they've got some great. Uh, ideas and they're all very different and um we all focus equally as as as, as intently on each song and and then before you know it it becomes a band it becomes an album a, a lot of bands they'll just record a song here and there um but we're we've got that 70s sensibility of making a record Going in, not going in the studio, but embarking on a project, um, and and seeing it through uh, with with a beginning, a middle, and an end, and and we think in terms of that's a good second song, that's a good one before the beat, the second side, you know, like we we always think in 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 twelve inch vinyl, um, and and um, if that's got something to do with with our vibe then I, I make no apologies for that speaking on that you guys have put out this will be what your fourth album since you've returned yes that's, that's uh, i mean a lot of output in the past six years six seven years like 
not many bands do that, even young bands. So like kind of talk about the idea behind putting out so much output this late in your career. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, you know, I've got to say that one of the things that appealed to me most in the reunion about the reunion was how much stuff um, uh, Johnny and Tracy had ready to go new, new material. Um, and, and it was really good to, to get stuck into it. Um, uh, that, that first, um, the missing piece. Uh, and then, you know, when we got around to doing the devil, the chemistry was really, really there. Um, it, it, we just, he just, Tracy's a prolific writer. Um, whether we've got an album to do or not, he's writing songs. He's sitting at home, he's playing guitar, he's on the tour bus, working, you know, working stuff out, writing for other people. Uh, and and he's just um in 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 something of a uh his explosive is is he's got so he's so many great ideas. It's just like we may as well. Um it, it, it's it, it it it's a challenge, but it's 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 fun. It's not it's not difficult, you know. It's it, and 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 when it ends up sounding as good as this, it's totally worth it. We know right. it's not going to sell millions of copies. It's not the point. That's not why we're doing it. Well, speaking on him writing and like you mentioned, Ace and Johnny and you writing, like outside of the checker past, have you guys always kind of got together to make songs fully formed, or how do you guys handle that writing process? It, it depends. You know, it's always music first. It's never like, oh, I've got this great poem that I need to set to music. It, it's okay. always like, you know, this is the vibe of, of you know, the music. And, and it just it's it then it's our job to to, to create a, a lyric that, that is consistent with the vibe of that music. That's that's it. That's essentially it. You know, and it's. And, and, it, and it's it's really not about anything personal, you know. If it was, it'd just be like writing songs about me going to get dog food at Trader Joe's. Um, <laughs> it's I live I live a very dull when I'm not on the road. It's it's it's, it's pretty mundane suburban life. So yeah, no, we can't write about that. That's for sure. Um, a bit like sounding like Morrissey. Um, <laughs> uh, it's you know just getting into 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 a fictional place so you never have ideas come to you like lyric wise jot them down and save it for later it's always kind of like you hear the music and then go from that point on you know there's some you know clever phrasing and stuff mm -hmm. that I, I i i might think of or, or you know a couple of like you know syncopations and and words that rhyme together that i might use down the line but yeah no it's all it's always always music first you kind of like we spoke a minute ago on Gonna Lose. From my standpoint, you haven't really lost anything in your voice, you know, from back in the 80s. Like, oh, I could, I, Yeah, I could never have done that in the 80s. <laughs> Honestly, I don't believe I could, you know, and I'm still kind of amazed um, that I did. Um, you know, there was there's it, there, no auto-tune on that. That is what you hear. That was me. Uh, and, and I, it wasn't the first take, I'll be honest. <laughs> But, you know, I did it and I'm proud of it. But, yeah, um, I, you know, I, I wanted to be a rock for my, my I, I never I set out to be a musician. I wanted to be a rock star, damn it. You know, I saw 
Cooper doing schools out. I was an avid um, soccer player before, you know, football was my life in London. Um, and and I came home from practice one evening, seven o'clock, Top of the Pops was on, and Alice Cooper's doing schools out. I dropped to my knees, didn't I? And I just like never played, so I never kicked a ball again in, in my life <laughs> after um, so I knew that's what I wanted to do. I, and then the, the question was like learning uh, how to do it and self-teaching. You know, like there aren't rock star tutors. You know, you just kind of sure. got to get your influences from, from other people. And, you know, Alice, of course, is my biggest. And, and I, I always make a point of telling him, you know, because he did. He, he ruined me. He changed my life. Yeah, you can hear obviously hear Alice Cooper in your voice at times. But like what? It was those songs, you know, like the Killers record, the Killers and and the um, Schools Out. You know those because because you know I couldn't sing along with Yes records. You know that that was way too lofty. But or or even Robert Plant. You know it was too, too fucking high. But Alice, like we could sing that stuff all day, and that's a big part of his appeal. I think is people, you know, and it, it, anyone can sing it, uh, and 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 he just it, it's he's great, and I love him for it, and um, and I love his. You can hear his his huge Jim Morrison influence in Alice's voice, and yeah. uh, and a bit croony sometimes. He's a bit of a crooner, as as was Jim, as was Morrison, quite croony. Um, you know, it was it was the sixties. That, that that was still, you know, there was a lot of that sort of Sinatra vibe uh in the air, the Pat Boone vibe. And, you know, that they were rockers, but um, you know, it, 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 it I think it influenced them on, on a jazz level. Um, the doors, I mean. Anyway, I'm meandering. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Like what do you I mean, what have you done to like maintain your voice throughout recent years? Do you have anything you do on a daily basis or yeah, you know, I on a on a gig, uh, I, I'll do a um, uh, a fifteen twenty minute warm up before each gig or before each session um, to loosen everything up. Um, it, 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 it's it's not um, it's not difficult. It, it sounds it sounds like mules mating. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a nice sound. Um, but it's just a, uh, a, a technique that, 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 that I learned from um, the hard way uh, when we were first out, you know, when we hit the jackpot and we were out on tour for basically indefinitely. I, if I lost my voice, the ship went down and, and there were times when it was down because I, I had no voice. And it was, it, it, there, there were a few people out there um, that, were expert and a guy was called one of the guys called don lawrence uh he was a vocal coach and he did he trained uh bon jovi who brought in sebastian bark um who i i did i did some stuff with 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 don in new york but i never had a tape of of my session with him and recently sebastian just gave me his tape and it's oh. absolutely and yeah if as a singer you have to do that you know i say that you know because i'm i'm such a disciple of it and then you'll get somebody like robin zander 
who does nothing. He smokes a cigarette and then goes up and sings The Flame. Yeah. Uh, it's just <laughs> crazy. But no, all the singers I know, Sebastian, Robert Mason, uh, we all we all lock ourselves away an hour or so before the gig and 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 make these strange guttural noises. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know one of your idols is Rod Stewart and what you got Steve Marriott and Paul yeah. Rogers and, and all these kind of guys. Like, yeah, I know Rod Stewart put out music, you know, in the past couple of years, but with most of your idols obviously aren't putting out new music. What do you get inspiration from these days? Do you still go back to that old stuff or? Oh, big time. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm, I've, I've got a, a fantastic vinyl collection and, and, and the majority of it is from the seventies and, and that faces stuff is on a lot on the turntable, a lot. The, the Jeff Beck, uh, Rod Stewart um, collaborations uh, are, are still incredibly inspiring for me. Um, and yeah, um, it, it, new stuff. Oh God, I wish I wish I was a bit hipper to it, but it's really um, nothing that 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 is is it's like you know it, it doesn't count because it's it's completely different. But you know, like in terms of like a rock band, it's like Rammstein. Is the only band that I can think of, or this ghost that have, have been of any remote interest, I suppose. And 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 that's that's not that's not that's circus, you know. So I, I don't know. Uh, t tell me a good band, a good band that I would like, you know, the 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 a good new band. Rival Sons. Have you heard them? Rival Sons, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah them and um dirty honey yeah. is another struts of course over yeah. in england and, and the darkness and um but yeah it's it's it, i wouldn't want to be a new band now it's yeah. it's tough simon cow fucked everything up right <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's so much uh i mean especially today with technology and the way music's shared it's like i could record a song in 30 seconds and throw it on the internet and it's there so you don't really have stuff just gets lost in a shovel if it's good, you know. I'll tell you, I'll let you in on a secret. We spent more money on catering, recording, cocked and loaded, than all four post-reunion records <laughs> recorded together. Expensive. <laughs> yeah, we spent more on lobster. On <laughs> 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 cocked and loaded than we did uh recording these last four records well because it's it's easy see i mean you can just do it on a laptop and an interface back then we had four studios going on at once uh at 300 bucks an hour yeah and it was insane but you know that it was just a different game you know the, the the money was insane how much money we we were wasting and and it was it wasn't even considered wasting it was all part of the the machinery um and and uh and the sales matched that kind of money now of course the sales are locked on and, and so's that money um it was a fun ride make no mistake i enjoyed it but um it got to the point where we were just getting so heavily manipulated um by 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 suits um that it took a lot of fun out of it and if you can see some of the photo shoots from that time uh, going into Hollywood vampires and 
we it, it, it took a toll on the vibe of the band. So, at the end of the day, you know, when when it did go tits up, you know, when the bubble did burst, um, and I, I honestly, there was moment, you know, there, there, I think it needed to. You know, I'm talking about, you know, the 80s, whatever, you, hair bubble, the sleeves, whatever you want to call it, the yeah. fun, when the fun popped. Um, it, it, was, it was sad, you know, and, and it was like, oh, shit. It was a bit very scary because all of a sudden, you know, there was there was no no infrastructure. We the, the money was all gone pretty much overnight. Um, but in many other ways, it was liberating because of the 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 the, the, the immense pressure that we were under to to be Bon Jovi. Yeah. You know, I'm serious. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, like that was. Because that was the label we were on. We were on Polygram. So it was, it, it would be like Poison, be like Bon Jovi, be like Cinderella. So can we be like LA Guns? <laughs> but- <laughs> kind of goes into one of my questions is that last time I talked to you, it's been quite a while. It was between the Missing Piece and the Devil You Know albums. Yeah. And you had mentioned that making music was a lot funner now because you have control. So has yeah. it continued that-, that way with Frontiers? Yeah. Frontiers hasn't stepped in in any way. It's complete. No. No, no, not at all. They, they, they leave us to it. Um, you know, uh, they have a relationship with Tracy um, that they've had for a while, even before I did the reunion. Um, so I just pretty much leave it to them um, to sort out. Uh, I, I don't actually even think I'm in the contract, to be honest with you. Uh, but it don't, it, it don't matter. I'm not going anywhere. You know, it's, uh, it's just, a, uh, just a formality. But um, you know, I know I know how much we're getting per record, and it ain't much. And I'm not getting ripped off. It's just being very fair. Everyone's you know getting what they they deserve. So yeah, it's I, I, if, it, if, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And and um, he's already started work on on the next one, number five. Wow. Do you believe that? He's already like two, <laughs> two songs, two or three songs into it. That's just the way he rolls, you know? So that's probably something we can expect next year already in 2024? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we won't have it uh, recorded this year, but it'll it'll definitely be written. Yeah. The past six, seven years, everything's been like a stronger brotherhood probably than it was like at the end of the last run and your guys are happy, everything's working out great and all that? I think so. You know, it was uh, our estrangement uh, of 15 years, um, in hindsight, was ridiculous. That really was. And and as soon as we got back together and and the creative juices started flowing, it was just like, wow, we should have done this a long time ago. So we're very careful. Um, to respect each other's boundaries and 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 because we don't want to, we the last thing we want is to fall out again, um, and so we haven't come anywhere near close to that. Uh, which doesn't mean that we haven't been upfront and honest with each other because that's I think that's an essential part of 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 of, of the bond between us. You know, we, I, I I'm I'm straight with him, you know, and 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 likewise him with me too. So, um, if we if we're in that position and we don't have to have 
a roadie as a go-between. Tell Tracy I want him to turn his amp down. You know, there's a lot of that in the business. And Phil says, turn your amp down and tell Phil to fuck off. He'll tell <laughs> off directly. <laughs> so, yeah, we got that and, and I cherish it. I've had the chance to see you guys since you came back a few times, but I've never had the chance to see you do your acoustic solo kind of stuff. Like yeah. when you sit down and do that, like, you know, we know how great Tracy Guns is. Do you just kind of rework the songs to your ability or like, I mean, it's acoustic, so it's a lot different anyway, but how do you approach those uh, yeah. guitar parts? Yeah, nothing, nothing remotely like Tracy. My, my vibe is completely different. I'm a busker. Okay. You know, yeah. I, I, uh, you know it's all chords uh they, they might have a little riff here and there but for the i strip it right down to, to the, the way it was written uh recorded um before it was recorded uh and 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 it's it's not just things like ballad or jack i do rip and tear acoustic okay and it works it yeah. works good you know it, it's it's kind of a a blues progression um and and um i've I've always been it's easy to, for me to play it's it's easy for the sing and and to play and sing together so yeah i mean that's but if it comes down to that if i can play it and i can sing it i can do it and i can put together like an hour 90 minutes of 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 various songs my own and 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 band songs and a couple of covers and you know if 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 there's an interest in it um I, i'll do it and i enjoy doing it uh it, it's just the challenges that i i don't really want to go out as a as a solo acoustic because i'll end up i i did it i did a show in kentucky and they had me on between two metal bands it was a saturday night and it was like death metal before me and then i had to do my acoustic set and everyone's deaf everyone's drunk i'm trying to <laughs> sensitive crystallize up there <laughs> and then the metal band on after me, and it was like no, 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 no. So, so uh, I, I need to. Uh, it needs to be a little bit more thought out. But I'd love to do it, and I enjoy doing it. And and it people seem to like it. But yeah, it's nothing like um, uh, Tracy. I wish I could get Tracy to do it with me, but he 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 won't pick up an acoustic guitar. He's just like really? it's against. <laughs> well are there any of the tracks on the the new album black diamonds that you think would work well in your acoustic set like maybe oh, diamonds or yeah. i can do uh diamonds i could yeah. do not park that's that's not going to be a problem right. yeah oh and and the last one was the yeah the couple on the other ones you know i i've got a guitar acoustic guitar ready to go at any time if if it's called for um but um so you know, so far so good. Actually, Tracy played acoustic guitar at the beginning of uh, Diamonds in the video. I was kind of surprised that he did, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's a big snob in that way. He's like, oh, I'm not playing acoustic. <laughs> <laughs> What's the relation between the title being Black Diamonds and the the song being just called Diamonds? Uh, and there's no connection. The, 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 the title is just another derivative of um, the, 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 the little gameplay between um, Tracy and I, like the missing piece, the devil you know. You know, that's me and him, Checkered Park. That's <laughs> right. me and 
and black diamond diamonds that that that's me and him that's what we are um so yeah it's it, 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 no the, the song i mean the, the song came after the title um so it, it may have subconsciously influenced it but it's no it's not um uh, for a while the album was going to be called shattered glass and and i'm glad it wasn't because um black diamonds better yeah i agree well, you guys have this West Coast tour coming up here in April. Can we expect like a full-on touring the rest of the year? Or what's the plans for LA Guns? As you say, there's going to be some local dates, California dates. Um, I, I, I'm seeing some stuff uh, East Coast in June. Um, nothing like last year's um, trench warfare across the, uh, the, the, the Eastern provinces. <laughs> it was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I saw on the itinerary last year that it was June and July. I didn't realize it was all of it. Uh, <laughs> and then it was then some, and it was halfway through August. And I haven't toured like that in my since my 30s, like being out on tour for like eight, nine weeks. Yeah, um, yeah it was definitely had its challenges. But no, nothing like that. It'll be, you know, like maybe a couple of weeks, um, like northeast, and then a couple of uh, weeks down south um but but nothing as anywhere as extensive as last year okay cool man well i'm absolutely loving the new album and i appreciate you taking the time with me today i really enjoyed talking to you mate thank you i appreciate the support and and thanks for for taking the time out and listening to it and knowing enough about it to, to have a good conversation appreciate it come see us anytime there you go phil lewis of la guns a huge thank you to John Freeman of Freeman Promotions for his continued support of this podcast. And a massive thank you to Phil Lewis for returning to the podcast. Hitting me up on Zoom, talking there for 30 minutes or 30 plus, actually, I think it was, for about the brand new album Black Diamonds that comes out this Friday. No, there's not a cover of Kiss's Black Diamond, but I love the fact that Phil mentioned that the last, this album and the previous three studio albums they've done since his return to the band. You know, all the titles revolve around him and him and Tracy, you know, and their reformation and their, you know, rekindled professional relationship and personal relationship, which I thought was cool. So really looking forward to everybody hearing this album here very soon. Like I said earlier, you can already hear, I believe it's three songs, maybe four. I think it's three. So check those out. Look forward to this album coming out here very shortly. In the meantime, if this is your first time listening, I appreciate you finding this podcast. If you've listened randomly and you haven't listened to a lot of stuff, there's 375 episodes before this one you can check out. Last week was Dean Castronovo, the drummer for Journey, Revolution Saints, Bad English, Ozzy for a bit. So much more that I could keep rambling about. Greg Upchurch from Three Doors Down was on here recently. Millie, the vocalist of Steelheart, was on here earlier this year. Speaking of that vein of rock and roll from that era of rock with L.A. Guns and Steelheart, you've also had on Mark Kendall of Great White twice, Frank Hannon of Tesla four times, Brian Weed of Tesla, Robert Mason and Joey Allen, both of Warrant, have been on here separately. Members of Firehouse, Trickster, 
Kicks, Lillian Axe, Junkyard. Mark Slaughter has been on here. Michael Monroe, of course, of Michael Monroe's solo work fame and the mighty Hanoi Rocks was on here last year. Glenn Hughes of the Dead Daisies and Deep Purple and the Black Country Communion has been on here. One of the highlights of my life talking to that man. Gene Simmons of KISS. Bruce Kulick, formerly of KISS. I'm, I know that I'm forgetting a million things when it comes to that era of rock and roll, but we've also had on heavy stuff like Prong and Helmet and White Zombie and Typo Negative and the Black Dahlia Murderer. Kill Switch and Gage, Testament, Super Joint. D. Snyder of Twisted Sister, Jeff Tate of Queensryche. There's a couple more for you from that era. But yeah, so much cool stuff throughout the years, and I assume so much cool stuff in the future. Like I mentioned earlier, we're coming up here a month away from the eight-year anniversary, so whatever's to come, hopefully it's cool. But I tell you what is to come is next week, which I know is cool, is going to be a tribute to Gary Rossington of Leonard Skinner. Of course, he passed away a little over a month ago, unfortunately. So Jason is returning to the podcast to talk about Gary Rossington with me. We'll go into a bit of Leonard Skinner talk and our love for Skinner and, of course, the impact that Gary had with his amazing guitar playing. But yeah, look forward to that one coming up. Dig back through all this old stuff. Hit up the website, thethunderunderground.com. You can find all the socials there, so click on all of them and follow or like. You can also listen to the podcast directly there on the player, or you can listen pretty much anywhere podcasts are heard. Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, MixCloud. The list is long. Google it. Whatever you need to do. Wherever you're listening right now, just like or subscribe or follow so you don't miss future episodes when they drop. All right. Once again, a massive thank you to Freeman Promotions, Phil Lewis of LA Guns, DEB Concerts, Med Farm, and Sunset Tattoo. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.